This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Today's message, again, raising the next generation, but it's to hear God's voice. If, um, if there's anything that we can pass on that could be most pivotal in our walk to anybody, um, whether it be in our workplace, whether it be in our marriage, whether it be um, certainly our kids, our church family, was and would be to hear God's voice. Something the Lord is going to be taking us on a journey that um, I can't, I'm so excited about. I was sharing with the elders and um, that there's so much the Lord is showing me in these, this present week about our future and about how to train you hearing God's voice. Things that um, I haven't really seen, things I probably operated in um, in times past but not really understood. But there are three dimensions of hearing and following God. And most people, what they do is, you know, I'm not going to move until I hear. In the spirit realm, there are three dimensions. We're not going to be talking about this today, but we're going to be talking about this in the future. To, to follow God, God gave us three things in the spirit realm. To spiritually hear, or spiritually see, or spiritually perceive. Those are the three dimensions that God, and what happens many times is God's trying to show you something and you're trying to listen. Well, guess what? You can see a lot farther than you can hear. And sometimes you're so close to the situation that there's no way in the world you're going to be able to gra grab hold of it, seeing or hearing, you need to perceive what you need to do in that moment. Your perception needs to play. And then many times God is going over there hearing. So these are three things, we're not going to be talking about that so much in the spiritual realm, but uh, God showed me like I have a Monopoly game, they're going to make this church in the future like a Monopoly place, and that God wants you to take territory for Him. Enemy's territory for Him. So you're going to have to learn how to hear, you're going to, learn, have to learn how to see, and you're going to have to learn how to perceive. And that there are territories that the enemy has occupied in our heart, in our hearing, in our seeing, in our perception, that we're going to get clarity on. And clarity, God showed me a long time ago, clarity is just holiness. That's all it is, it's just holiness. Allowing that clarity, that holiness to grab hold. Why should I want to be holy? Why should I want to get rid of this sin? Or why should I want to do it God's way? Is so that you can hear God's voice. Well, today we're going to talk about the first thing, elementary about hearing God's voice, or even getting around God. And he showed us in the Old Testament a journey that his Israelites had. In fact, it was always physically in front of, front of them, and that's why we have a gate that's there. So if you could, in your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms 100, a passage that many of us have um, actually memorized if you went into children's ministry in the past, or any kind of children's church. Psalms 100. We're going to read it from the NLT. We're going to read the first five verses here. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. 
Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, we're his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with, say it with me. In his courts with. Give thanks to him, praise his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. God is allowing you and allows trials in your life so that they could produce who he is in your walk. And so many times, these same allowances that God brings, because God wants to produce his faith, his strength, you be strong in the Lord. You can't get strong without some kind of resistance. Even in the physical realm, there is physical resistance so that you get stronger physically. In the spiritual realm, there's going to be spiritual resistance so that you get stronger in God. God's goal is for you to be strong in the Lord. He wants you to be strong. And so today, what we're going to recognize is that there's a, the first step in every part of our life about strength is thanksgiving. And so if Satan can steal your joy or steal your thankfulness in life, you are never going to get closer to the presence of God because you will not enter his gate. We're not even in his presence yet, people. So many people are missing the presence of God. They're not even in the outer court, the gateway. We're going to be talking about this more in the future right here. This gateway to come in through this gate. Enter his gate with thanksgiving. Right? Enter his gate with thanksgiving. So I'm out here. I'm not even in the presence of God. I may know about God. The Bible says that demons know who God is and tremble. But I may be on the outside of this gate. Going to church, I may be outside of the gate, reading my Bible, I may be outside of this gate, even, you know what, in prayer. But let me tell you something, the only way you're going to get into his presence is with thanksgiving. And we're going to go through scripture after scripture. God has made this so clear to mankind. So if Satan can steal your gratitude, he's going to keep you out of God's presence. And the, God's presence is fullness. So if you're living in a partiality, if you're living in a part of what you're going, I just want something more of God, you got to start with, say it with me, this, you got to start with thanksgiving. And that's why God says, give thanks in everything. It's not because the situation is such a gratitude experience. It's because you want God's presence in that moment of your life. And the only way in, God's ways are different. His thoughts are different, is through a thankful heart. Your mind goes, why would I be thankful for this trial in my life? Because you want his presence of fullness in your life. So stop, you know, log logically going, I don't want to do this because it doesn't make logistically any sense. It doesn't matter because God trumps your logic every day. If you're trying, to make, you're trying to make sense of the world when God brought a conscience of his spirit in your life, stop, listen to what his spirit is saying to you, do it his way, and watch what God can do in your walk. Amen? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Point number one um, is this. This is God's will for us. It's God's will. Many people say, well, pastor, what's God's will for my life? To be thankful as simple as that, to be thankful. And so if, if it's God's will for me to be thankful, then it would be not his will for me to be complaining and unthankful. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, be thankful in all circumstances. 
I'm going to be thankful when it's sunny in Michigan. Well, that's going to be a short-lived experience. (laughs) Okay. It says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus. Who belongs to Jesus in this house today? Or on that video over there? You belong to Jesus. So in all circumstances, why does God want? He's trying to teach us a spiritual step in our walk. I mean, I, we have um, one of my grandbabies right now is Zoe. Really smart, active, and fun to be around. But for whatever reason, she's just going over there and she just wants to lean on her parents or lean on her grandparents or lean on them. Let somebody else carry me. Let me. And I remember Austin, I think he's, in, he was, uh, he's here too. He, he, he was one of our, of our children, didn't want to walk. I mean, he, he, the only thing he wanted to do is he'd crawl and get really fast in front of your presence and then he'd go, there, you know what, just pick me up, carry me. All right? Well, let me tell you something. That's just sometimes what God is wanting us to do. He wants, you know what? We want God to carry us for everything. God goes, I want you to walk. You know what? Walk out this faith. Walk out the plan of God. Walk out the destiny that God has for your life. And so he's teaching us to do this very thing. And the only way you're going to do that is if you're, say it with me, thankful. Number two, Give thanks and all things comes alive as we let the message of Christ fill our day. It is not going to happen if you let the message of this world fill your day. Or definitely let the media fill your day. That's not going to happen. And yet, if you really um, grab hold of what most of us do is is we, you know, in fact, I see it all the time on on the way into church. um, I usually get here real early. I'm an early early riser. and, And I'll see TVs on. You know, as I'm driving, um, you know, as I'm driving down Duck Lake Road and I'll see these houses and the TV's already on at six o'clock in the morning. And, you know, and I, and, and, you know I'm, I'm guessing that they're not watching the gospel channel. <laughs> they're watching, you know, they're watching the news or they're capturing something that, that is literally not going to be God filling their day. God filling their day. Colossians 3, 16, 17 says, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your life. Let the message of Christ in all of its richness richness, fill your life. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Number three, giving thanks to God brings you into his presence. I have been studying God's word, I don't know, I lose count here, but ever, ever since, I, since I was 23 years of age, when I got saved, I began to study God's word. And I have never, ever, through all of those years, the time, so that's when I'm 58 years old, so you think 35 years. So for 35 years, I've been studying the Bible, have never had this experience except in this study. This study. This is why I know God's going to do something in this journey whether it's today or future, whatever. I'm busy looking at these passages and I'm listening to God about this gate. And so I, I want to make sure that we can see this gate. As I'm thinking about this gate, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And I'm thinking about if we can put the picture up on the um, screen right now too about the um, tabernacle right there. You see the tent? 
that tabernacle. So you're outside that tent. And then you enter in. In the future, we're going to be talking about sacrifice. A couple weeks from now, we'll be talking about sacrifice. But you enter this gates. enter his outer court. We're not even in the inner court yet, people. We're not even nowhere near where God really wants us to be yet. But we're getting there. And the only way to start is to do it what? Be, hey, be, say it with me. What's this gate? Thanksgiving. I got this side. How about that side? Enter it with Thanksgiving. So I'm, as I'm meditating, and what meditation is, is what a lot of us do all the time, is just murmuring with God and murmuring with God's plan. A lot of us murmur, but we murmur about the wrong things. You know what murmuring, just you're going over it and over it and over it in your mind. So I'm going over thankfulness inside of me, and the presence of God hits me at, my dinner, at the dinner table as I've got my books out there. And, I'm, and again, 35 years of studying the Bible, never had this happen in my life. Now, I've had it in worship. I have had it in prayer, but I have never had it in study. And I'm looking at the, my screen on my, on my computer. My wife is doing what she's doing. And I'm studying the word, and the presence of God comes over me so much, I can't even move, and I start crying. Some people laugh in God's presence. Some people dance in God's presence. I cry. I think it's because I'm a mess. And I recognize how much of a mess I'm in God's presence. And I just start, whoa, 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 you know, and that's just me. But I'm just, I'm just crying in his presence. And I feel so overwhelmed with this love. So it's kind of a weird, it's like a, it's a, this, this really awkward thing. I love you so much. Why am I crying about it? But anyway, so I'm having this moment with God. And I can't, I'm in Brenda's rate, you know, just kind of doing her business. And this is what I can, you can be out. You could have God's presence come over you at the shop. You can have God's presence come over you while you're in your car. I've had all these experiences. This is my first experience of his presence. So heavy in my life, and I'm going to read some scriptures about that in just a few minutes, over just the thought, the impression of gratitude. God was saying he is so excited about this message that you are listening to right now. And if you can take note of this, that the presence of God, you are getting that much closer to God's plan and his destiny and the fullness that he has, if you get a heart full of thankfulness. Thankfulness. And so I'm here in this presence, and I'm, and I'm trying to gather, this is what God's presence is like. And maybe you've never had this experience before. Let me share with you. It comes in waves. You want to know why it comes in waves? It's because you can't contain it. Your temple, which is your body, cannot handle that much holiness coming at one, you know, all in. So what God does is like a breath. You breathe in. I believe that's what happened to Adam. Breathe in God's presence. Boom, came alive. Here's one minute he's dust. Next thing he's breathing in God. And he becomes a life-giving spirit being. Sweet. So I'm having this moment, you know, and I breathe in, and I'm, I'm just caught up in this moment of thankfulness, and I'm weeping before God, and I'm trying to get my, you know, trying to function. I can't function at all. I can't type. I can't do anything. I'm just overwhelmed, and I can still see my wife. I can still see the experiences around me, but they don't, they, at this point, they don't mean it. They, everything means less. This is most, and it's just a, and when I say this moment, it's most seven seconds long, but it felt like a duration of a lifetime. God's five to seven seconds are so full, so full, 
And then I get studying and here it comes again. I had two waves of God's presence to come over me just in studying this message. I believe if you would take this message and then even go further and study, I believe the same presence of God will come over your life. God is longing for you to get past this outer, you know, get past this outside the tent. In fact, this is another thing the Spirit of God showed me through this. Many people today are trying to live in the old covenant, the do's and don'ts. And let me tell me something. God said he did away with that covenant through Jesus Christ. And so that the new covenant is to go into that, into the inner court. That's God's new covenant. And what happens, you get so caught up in the do's and don'ts, which means it's all about your self-righteousness. Well, I did, I did this right, or I did that right, or I did that wrong. I didn't do that. I didn't do that wrong. I didn't do that wrong. And all it is is on the outer court, and God's going, what are you even paying attention to? It has nothing to do with today. He says, what, pay attention. I want you to hear my voice. I want you to woo into me. I want you to get closer to me. Draw near unto me. This morning in prayer, as we were with our elders, the Lord gave me a picture of devotion. I hadn't seen this picture in 30, 30, I think 30 some years. I was in a mission field and uh, in Ixmaquilpan, okay, Mexico. And uh, I'm, my eyes are wide open to poverty and devotion to God at the same time. And we're in this little village and I see a guy that has literally no legs at all. I don't know the story. All I see is this man who's got this bandages and tape all over his hands. And he walks with this board on his legs. So his legs, you gotta remember, it's, it's, it's a mountainous area. So ever, all, the, all of the roadway, is everything's stone. It's all brick and stone. And this man gets around like this. He doesn't have feet to walk on. He doesn't have a wheelchair. He gets around like this. And so all of us are observing us missionaries, we, and when I say that, but we went to this mission trip, we're observing. And this guy was going to church. He walked all the way up this mountainous area, and he's lived over a mile away. So can you imagine somebody going like this for a mile? We can't, we're not walking like this. You can't go any like this. He's like this, lifting himself up like this, lifting himself up over a mile. And all of us are just even afraid to even ask the question. And finally, we, I don't even remember who it was that asked the question. He goes, he says, he got in a car accident when he was a, a, a teenager. And he was in rebellion. He was drinking or doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. And from that time on, the fear of God came over his life. He says, he's not, with the churches open, he's not missing another hour. He's not going to be in the wrong place. If God's doing something, he is going to be there. If God's talking about something, he is going to be there. If God's, if God's moving, he is going to be there. And I think about our lives today. We, we, everything's got to be about convenience. And here's this man so devoted. The Bible says, draw near unto God, and he will what? Draw near unto you. That man touched the heart of God. And he was so thankful. He wasn't thinking about his legs. He wasn't thinking about the things he couldn't do anymore. He had no notion or thought. All he cared about right now is to be in God's presence where there was fullness. He had had his legs before and there was partiality in his walk, you know what, in his life. Now he was living in the fullness of God. I'm going to read some passage to you guys. And I believe, the, you know what, the fullness of God is going to come over your heart Number four, what will, what will his presence do in your life? It's the right question. What will God's presence do 
in your life? That's the question. What will it do for your, you know, in your marriage? What will it speak? What will it declare? What new idea, what new concept would it do in your business? What new adventure will it have in your, you know, with your child? What new thing will God's presence bring in your walk? Will it give you hope? Will it give you health? Will it give you strength? Will it give you rest and peace? Will it give you deliverance? Psalm 16:11 says, "You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you." forever. It'll give you a place where forever is in your imagination. Second Chronicles 5, 11 to 14 talks about a time where Solomon is going through the motions of, of worship, going through the motions of, of giving and, and just, you know, doing the things that his dad taught him. Here's what happens in 2 Chronicles. Then the priest left the holy place. All the priests who were present had purified themselves, whether or not they were on the duty that day. And the Levites who were musicians, Asaph and Haman and Judutha, and all their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbals and lyres and harps. They were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. The trumpeteers were, and singers and performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. Can you imagine the gratitude and the thanksgiving that's going on with all of these musicians? And what were they saying? He is good. His faithful love endures forever. And at that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because the cloud and for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. Can you fathom that? If we as a family, as a church, in an hour of just, we're so grateful that we didn't, you know, if sometime in, in, the, in the future where we would let our, our yesterdays or our frustrations of, of the day and the things of the week, we would just lay it aside and say, God, I get those are things of this life, but you are worthy. You are a God of forever. You are a God of love. You're a God of hope. You're a God of deliverance. You're my strength. You're my fortitude. I am so grateful. If not, even if those problems, you know what, they don't go away, it doesn't matter. You are with me and for my life and I'm so thankful to be your child and that our heart of gratitude went to new places where we would sing new songs I mean we'd have you know Pastor Jenna up here and and worshiping God and singing but I'm gonna tell you there would be a different melody of word that would come into our hearts and we were singing from the belly of our own hearts and we get all in unison like these 120 and all of a sudden God's presence fills the house and when it says it filled the temple by the way you're the temple of Jesus and he wants to fill the temple. What God did in this whole message, he filled my temple to the point where I could not function. Where all my body functions were literally incapacitated to the point. Now, I know that people have had that with alcohol. Let me tell you something. Why not have it with the Holy Ghost? Some people want to do away with all the problems. I can't take my problems anymore. I get you're through in some despair, so they try to drink it away or smoke it away. Why not, Lord, let God fill you with hope and fill you with strength and make you so drunk in the Holy Ghost where you realize, they say, why would I worry with God's presence is so strong within me? What could, you know, what could literally be against me if he is so filled inside of me? It's no longer, I'm not on the outside of this gate. I'm not going over here looking at this and thinking, well, that's really good preaching, Pastor Ron. No, I'm experiencing it. I'm inside the gate. 
I'm already, I'm experiencing his presence. And it all starts with thanksgiving. You're not going to ever get there, ever get in the presence of God complaining. Never going to happen. The Bible says, do nothing by complaining or murmuring. But it says, in everything, give that. Why? Because God wants you in his presence. He wants you to have a full life. He wants you to be the greatest billboard for the whole world in your workplace and for your marriage. He wants that joy. He wants that presence to fill your walk. Psalms 107.1, we'll give thanks to the Lord. He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for everything God and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 92 says, a, psalm, a song for the Sabbath. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Psalm 69.30, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. You ever got to that point where just you started giving thanks and God just gets bigger? Well, let me put it this way. Have you ever complained about something and the problem got bigger? You're magnifying the problem. See, magnification comes through thought, impressions, and declarations. Now, imagine with God. I'm thankful to God. God wants you to give thanks to everything. Through thought, through impression, and declaration, I give thanks to God. And the next thing you know, what happens? Oh, magnify God. Oh, magnify God. That's what David did all the time. How did he win? He won the battle before he faced the battle. And that's what God wants you to do. You will win battles before you face the battle because it's already won inside of your heart. And it starts, how do you win the battle? Through Thanksgiving, number five. We're almost finished. Giving thanks shows that your heart trusts God, especially in hard scenarios and situations. Philippians 4.8 says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. It's honorable. It's right. It's pure. It's lovely. It's admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Let me give you some helpful thoughts to think on. How about the cross? How about the resurrection? How about angels? How about galaxies? How about, you know, the, the, the literally the depths of the ocean and all the things that we haven't even explored yet? We've only explored literally a small percentage of the life that's in our ocean. And you know what? God will allow you to explore that because you'll have a new body and explore any of it. How about, you know, being fixed on literally being next with Christ and with him? And seeing him in all of his glory and seeing the most beautiful waterfalls, the most, you know what, the, the streets of gold, diamonds that are, you know what, and things, things about the things that you, you literally enamor now and get excited about now and God goes, it's just a shadow of what's coming. Have you ever tried to follow a shadow or you do, you try to follow what is making the shadow? Acts 16, we're closing on this passage. In the, and I'm just going to give you two uh, characters in the Bible, Paul and Silas. And, and some of you already know this passage. But in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they're, they're wrongfully arrested. They're wrongfully abused and beat. 
In fact, I, you know, I've never, I, I, as a child, I had my foot burn. Um, I had some kids in this uh, trailer park. We were actually at campground. We were at a campground in, in Hardy Pond area. And um, I was staying with my grandmother. And these kids were throwing stones at me. I don't know why. More than likely, I provoked it. Anyway, so, but anyway, all I remember is these kids throwing rocks at me. And I was moving back, and I stepped right into a campfire, a hot fire. And my foot obviously got, you know, the, the degree burns, I don't know, third degree burns. And I can remember um, how much pain and agony it was. And I, I can't imagine, here these men were, where their feet were beat. So think about that. You're just taking a rod and just beating a person's and just feet to, to, to you know, bludgeon their feet. And a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. So let's think about this, guys. They're in the inner dungeon. They're on this side. They're not, I mean, can you imagine? I'm not feeling God's presence in this whole situation. Where is God? Why did I just get beat for doing the right thing? All right? And it goes, and at, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation, and the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Put, you know what? Put yourself in this story. Put yourself in this scenario. You are you're realizing that, look, I have been wrongfully accused. I have been beat. I have been mistreated. I have been accused. I have been lied about. They're not fighting for defense. They're not fighting to find, get an advocate to say, I was wrongfully arrested. They want God's presence in their life. So what do they do? Even through all of their pain and all of the agony, they give thanks. And the whole place is shaken. I believe that that's what God wants to do in our workplaces. I believe that, you know what, when God wants to do that in our, in our hospitals, that God wants to do that in our, the, the gas station, in our supermarkets, in our marriages, instead of us sitting there and, and talking about what we physically see, the injustices of life, the frustration and the trials of this life, when we recognize in the spiritual realm there is a different place. I want to walk above it. I want to see God's perspective of this situation. And when I do that, the only way to see God's perspective is not to talk about what I see, not to talk about what's going on politically right now, not to talk about what's going on with division right now, not talk about racism right now, but to get higher than this. You know what? And to talk about the blood of Christ. Talk about the cross of Christ. Talk about the message of Christ. Talk about his power and his glory. To give thanks unto God. Thanks unto God. We're all races. We're one day be united with him up in heaven to get a picture of who God is in our life and not to allow the stains of this world to bring me down into their thought process I want to rise up and I want to think like God I want to talk like God I want to smell like God I want to have the I want to get in God's presence so that like the apostles they go here's these uneducated men 
And they marveled, and they said, why are these people walk different, talk different, see different? And because they marveled, because they had been in the presence of God. Well, the only way that you can do that to get in the presence of God is to start with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I pray that your life changes from this hour on, that you become the most thankful person on the face of the earth. I pray that when your circumstances stink, you give thanks. I pray when all trial and all manipulation and frustration come and accusations come in, you give thanks. I pray that you recognize that you're not going to be of this world, that you're going over there and say, I want to get a rise above it. I want to fix my eyes on Christ. I want to fix my eyes on him, and I know he sees this situation different, and the only way I can get the eyes that God, Christ has, the ears that Christ has, the perception that Christ has, is if I start by giving thanks. That's the only way in. The only way in. There isn't a different way, people. God has already shown us this way. He showed us in the old covenant. He showed us in the new covenant. It is a plain process. This is God's way to his presence. Will you take a step in God's presence and start being a thankful child of God? Father, I thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, God, for who you are. Lord, I thank you for who you want to be in my life. You want to produce in my walk who you are in the most precarious situations, places of despair, anxiousness, places where I am literally entrapped, prison, physical, spiritual prison. God, I'm grateful that I don't have to have all the answers. All you say is, take the first step, son, daughter, and be thankful who I am in your life. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's no way you can take this step. The only way you can start having a a step of gratitude of who Jesus is in your life is if you invited him in. If you've never invited Jesus to be personal in your walk, or maybe somewhere down the pathway of your life, maybe recently or maybe sometime in the past, you began to take a journey away and you started trying to figure things out on your own. The, the, the book of Galatians, one part it says, oh foolish Galatians, you began in the spirit, you began taking steps in my presence. And then all of a sudden, then you went back to the elementary things of trying to figure it out in your own way. Maybe you tried to figure out religion. Maybe you tried to figure out his presence your own way. You're not going to get there. The only way you can experience that fullness is through realizing all the cross, all the measure of who Christ is, and have him open up your spiritual eyes, your spiritual ears, and the perception of your heart. Say, Pastor Ron, that's me. I I want that this morning. I want to surrender my walk. I want to let God in. I want to let him in my life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Next time says me, please pray for me today. Anybody here in this room that would say that's me today? All right, church family, what we're going to do is we're going to pray for our community. Let's all do it. Let's stand up. Let's pray together, okay, for our community. All of us here know Christ. It means we need to take new steps today in being thankful. Amen? But there are so many people outside these doors right now that don't know him. Father, we lift up 170,000 in this community 
many, many of them don't know you. And our heart aches, Father God, for them. We pray that you'd forgive them for they know not what they do. God, I pray that you'd have mercy upon their souls, God, instead of turning their heart away from you, even sometimes being haters of you. God, I pray that, Lord, you would saturate it with them with the fear of God and that their heart turn toward you. Lord, here we are, Father. I pray that we could be those ambassadors. Fill us with a message. As Paul prayed that the words that he would speak would be words of accuracy that would touch your life. Holy Spirit, may we have those words, and may we be strong in you to deliver those words, God. And we thank you for the opportunity to step in thanksgiving. We're so thankful to be in your presence this morning. New steps, new places with you, God. We're looking forward to those moments to further our walk, to be strong in you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, let's worship Him together. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.